Love Talk Radio. I can't. Uh, what is that? I am a little late. I am so sorry. I had some issues with my phone. Everything is taken care of now, though. So, um, tonight, tonight, sorry, tonight's episode is pretty much going to be exactly what was promoted for everybody who saw it. For those who did not see it, what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be sharing with everybody pieces and portions of the chapters of the book that I have coming out soon. It will be released this summer. And yeah, I mean, that's it guys. Like, like, like for everybody that's tuned in, you know, I kind of just get right to the point with everything and we hop right into it again. I want to apologize that I am a little late. I was having issues with my phone dialing in, but everything is fixed. Everything is great now. So I do not have a title for this book, but what I do have is, let me count them out for you, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I have seven chapters. The names of these chapters are Chapter 1, Orbs, Chapter 2, Possession, Chapter 3, Intelligent versus Residual, Chapter 4, K2 Meter, which pretty much that's going to explain everything about the actual K2 Meter. For those that do know me and follow me on Facebook, follow me on Instagram, have seen my show Haunted Tours, Conjuring Mackey, my YouTube videos, you know how I feel about the K2 meter and everything that it represents in this field. It's complete garbage, does absolutely nothing except give a fancy light show in the dark. So I really got deep with that one, and I'm actually going to read you about – I don't think I want to read you the whole chapter, but I am going to read you portions of it because it's one of my favorites. I actually get really educational with it. I get deep within the topic and the depth of what a K2 meter actually is. What am I on? Number, number five, shadow people. Love that topic too. Number six, space and spirits. Space and spirits is me correlating a theory about the energy here, actual spirits, consciousness energy and subconscious energy, and how it affects the space pretty much like in real the universe space, the space up there and how it correlates with all these types of energy down here. Not just the radio energy, not just the tides of the waves, but real spiritual energy. And then the last one, mediumship. For those that tuned into my live on Facebook yesterday, I read to you a little bit of the mediumship portion, which I'm going to read tonight as well, which very quick. It's like three small little baby paragraphs, how I believe um, what mediums are, which I don't believe in mediums whatsoever. does not matter who you are. I don't believe in them. And I'll explain why once I kind of read that chapter. So we'll kind of just get right into this. I'm really nervous about this one for some reason, probably because I'm not interviewing anybody. Um, it's not a theory that I, I'm really kind of, that I'm giving. It's pretty much more than just theories. It's actually my own words in a book on paper. And I've expressed a lot of this stuff on social media multiple times before, but for some reason I'm just a little bit more nervous about this show. But let's get right into it. So I'm going to read to you all the – let's start out with the possession, right? The orbs topic, actually, if you want to read this one, because I'm not going to read to you every single chapter, okay? However, if you want to look at the orbs one, the orbs one pretty much is what I've stated on my like page, which is just my name, Stephen Urquintello. It's on there. It's on my Facebook page. It's on Instagram. It's the same exact thing that I posted on there is what's going to be in the book, as well as some pictures 
to show the difference between a bug, a smoke, or bug, a bug, smoke, fog, and what an actual orb looks like. So people can see the comparison between all four of these things, which that picture too is also floating around on social media somewhere. So let's get into this one. Chapter two is titled, Are You Possessed with Possession? So let me read what the definition of possession is, okay? Number one, possession definition. One, the state of having, owning, or controlling something. Number two, an item of property, something belonging to one. That is what the actual definition of possession means. Hollywood somehow went in and redefined what possession means within, this, within a scarier world to market it, to value it. And we all know the multi-million, some billion dollars network and company and manufacturer is stating that possession is so evil. But let me get into just a little bit of what this is, okay? I'm not going to read it all again. I'm just going to read a little bit. So now that I told you the definition of possession, we'll begin. Possession. We have all owned, still own, or had control of something. We can all agree upon that. Now, unlike Hollywood, where possession is a demonic force created through a seance or Ouija board session, all laughable, but yet a high profitable hit with streaming platforms and audiences all across the globe. Unlike the possession that takes control in such movies, do you see yourself as possessed now knowing the definition of possession? So what I'm summing up there is, and that is a question. So when you do read the book, if you read the book, or even now that you just heard it, Asking that question is, now that you know, because a lot of people think, oh, man, I'm possessed. I must be possessed. I'm different. I went to an investigation. I got an attachment. I got this. I got that. Blah, 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 blah. But now that you know the definition, the state of having, owning, or controlling something, or it's an item of property, something belonging to one, do you believe that you're possessed? Makes no sense, right? So let me continue and let me read you that last line, okay? Unlike the possession that takes control in such movies, do you see yourself as possessed? now knowing the definition of possession. The answer to this chapter is, and that question, yes. Now, a lot of you are probably thinking, well, you're going to say no. I mean, you just said that it has nothing to do with that, right? Well, the answer is yes. Yes, you are possessed and under possession. Possession is ownership of something, and your body, your vessel, is under ownership of consciousness. That consciousness being your spirit. While alive, we can blink, walk, talk, act, speak, do all functions of life based off sustainable energy in your consciousness controlling your vessel. If you want to reach out, turn the page, you know, because the book. So that's why I wrote turn the page, close this book, or save your spot to take a break. Energy within you is controlling your action to do so. When our bodies take our last breath and we become lifeless, what controls our vessel? What allows us to then blink, walk, talk, act, speak, or do all of the functions of life. As we die, our bodies are no longer controlled in the state of having ownership or something belonging to one. During possession, being our personalities act as a host to our vessel, which therefore allows us to have individuality. And I'm going to end it with that. I'm going to end that um, chapter, leaving you kind of just to think about that, how we are possessed. Again, the definition is the state of having, owning, or controlling something. There's already energy in us controlling our vessel. We are possessed. For some reason, people think, oh, possession is when something else enters your body, giving it control. But that's impossible for you to allow anything outside of your own entity to give you control. It's a mentality thing. 
right? Like it, it, it's, that's all it is. We allow ourselves to give other people power over us, a bad relationship, for instance, um, parenting. You know, a lot of people think, even though you're an adult, a lot of people still allow their parents to control what they do, how, where they go to school, what they do in school, what they should be growing up. And the main uh, example of this is really just a relationship. I know the parent thing is, is, is good, but the majority is a lot of people have been in bad relationships, at least one in their entire life, to where it's a control thing, and they're controlling, giving you that you're, you're allowing them to take power over you. That's about as close as to a spiritual possession you're going to get outside of a spirit entering your body, other than the one that's already there. So that definite that sorry that chapter to me is amazing. I love it, and I love the other stuff that I've written for this. It gets even deeper. The are you possessed concept and possession. I think in the paranormal field, a lot of people get it twisted with what possession is, and everywhere they go is a demon, thanks to you know bubble baggins and ghost hunters and. Ghost Brothers, and I, I'll, I'll name them all off because in my mind, they're, they're all going to get it here soon once I go on my YouTube and once I start doing these things and hitting up on Roku and Netflix and everything, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really open up eyes to a lot of people. So that chapter is amazing, guys. Um, I can't wait for you to read the rest. If you do want to read the rest, this book is going to be available at the end of June this summer. Now let me get into chapter three, Intelligent Verse Residual. Again, I'm not going to read all of this. This is one, this is just one paragraph that I'm going to read. And the next chapter is K2 meter. I'm actually going to read to you pretty much all of that. Cause I broke it down to where it's not going to be long at all. I just get right to the facts with the K2 meter. So I'm really excited to share that one with you. But right now, intelligent versus residual. A lot of people in the paranormal know what that means. A lot of people in the paranormal don't know what it means. And then outside of the paranormal, of course, people probably have no idea what the difference is. So let me tell you, for those that, for those that have never investigated the paranormal and for those who have, whether it's been a cemetery, a friend's house, your house, or even a mainstream location, there's a difference in the two types of hauntings you're experiencing. First, let's discuss what an intelligent haunting consists of. As it's the easiest to explain, being it sounds exactly like what it means. The spirits are intelligent. During a digital voice recording session where you press record on a digital voice recorder, ask a series of questions such as, can you tell me your name? Wait about five to 10 seconds, ask another question and so forth. This process is called an EVP session, electronic voice phenomena. Once you're done recording your session, you will then play back what you recorded in hopes of hearing a reply to the questions you asked. If you're so lucky, because let's face it, for those who have investigated before, you know you don't always get a reply. And when you do, it's one of the most exciting things you'll experience being you shouldn't pick up a voice that isn't present with you. So if you do pick up a voice and it's replying back to you, Let's say the question above, can you tell me your name? And it replies with Charles. That would be considered an intelligent haunting as it replied directly to the question being asked. Now, secondly, a residual haunting, this type of haunting is created by a force of energy that left an impact within the atmosphere that was traumatic or stressful during the time of the event. And I'm just going to stop that right there too. I know a lot of people are like, no, I'll keep going probably and you know, just keep reading. But... But oh, I have to take a drink, sorry. Oh, country time and code red Mountain Dew, the, the best in the entire world. Um, so I'm going to stop that chapter right there. Like I said, I'm not going to be reading you guys the whole entire chapter, but as you can hear what a intelligent haunting is, and then the little tiny paragraph of, secondly, a residual haunting, the type of haunting is created by a force of energy 
that left an impact within the atmosphere that was traumatic or stressful during the time of an event. So with that being said, you can probably kind of guess what that is. It's obviously not an intelligent haunting. It's more of a playback that's constantly playing over over time at a certain time. So say somebody kicked in your door right now as you're listening to this, gutted you from head to toe, hung your intestines over a ceiling fan, turned them on, let the blood splatter everywhere, right? It's pretty dramatic. Um, so at this time, what time is it? 914 on this date, there's a pretty good chance that if somebody went in with the recorder, hit record, they're going to hear the door kick. They're going to hear you screaming because of that. That's what a residual haunting is. It's just an imprint embedded within the atmosphere. All right, so let's move to Chapter 4, the K2 meter. This one is going to be a little bit longer. I don't know if I want to read all this. What's that? To here, maybe? Yeah. Okay. All right, so I'm going to read you just a couple of paragraphs. I'm not going to read you the whole thing. It is kind of long, and I, I want you to get the book. I do. I want you to get it. It's going to be extremely cheap when it comes out. It's not going to break the bank whatsoever, but it's going to have a lot of depth. And, and I, I can say that with confidence, guys. This is going to really educate you in the field as a whole. So this one's going to probably be a little complicated, just a little bit. But if you followed me before, you know that I've touched base on this a little bit. So I'm going to try and break it down for you if I feel like what I said was too complicated to really grasp and, and I get it because studying this stuff was difficult too. I don't expect you to understand or learn it, but I did try to simplify it and I did try to word it to where everybody will understand it. So chapter four, K2 meter. A K2 meter is an EMF detect is an EMF detector used by many paranormal investigators worldwide. However, what do we really know about them? I mean, they detect electromagnetic energy, right? To an extent, but not to the other extent. In this chapter, I'll break down one of the most used devices within the paranormal field and explain why it does not prove anything when it comes to scientific proof for paranormal studies. Paranormal proof or any proof within the entire electromagnetic spectrum when it comes to the afterlife. The K2 meter has a frequency range of 50 to 20,000 hertz, meaning this range includes household current, appliances, and radio frequency. The K2 is collaborated and only collaborated for 50 to 60 hertz frequencies, which means they are collaborated for your household current. Adding to that, there is a misconception among the masses within the paranormal community, investigators, and enthusiasts, and that misconception is the K2 does not measure the entire electromagnetic spectrum. The K2 was created to be a sense the K2 was created to be sensitive to a specific range of frequency. They do not read X-rays, gamma rays, or visible light, which is part of the electromagnetic spectrum. Truth is, when using a K2, you are only measuring a small portion of the spectrum, the extremely low frequency, the ELF, and roughly one-eighth of the radio waves portion of the spectrum. So to sum that kind of up, a scale can measure how heavy an object is, but the scale itself cannot tell you what the object is, which is pretty self-explanatory. You stand on a scale, it's going to tell you how much you weigh, but the scale isn't saying you yourself are standing on the scale. It doesn't know if it's a box, if it's food, if it's you, if it's a desk, if it's a drawer, et cetera. So same way the K2 cannot tell the difference between 60 hertz and 150 hertz, let me read this paragraph over again because I did interrupt with that little tiny thing. 
A scale can measure how heavy an object is, but the scale itself cannot tell you what the object is. Same way the K2 cannot tell the difference between 60 hertz and 150 hertz, or both coming together at the same spot, as they cannot distinguish frequencies from one another. Is the K2 meter a source to use, live by, and claim that it detects spirits? Well, Grant Wilson on the third season of Ghost Adventure stated, the K2 meter measures magnetic fields, and it's been specially calibrated for paranormal investigators. This statement is not only false, but absurd. There is absolutely no proof that this device has been specifically collaborated for paranormal investigators, but he is on TV. So, I mean, I guess it kind of has to be true for everybody to believe that. So, I kind of want to read this chat, this paragraph here too, only because I'm going to read this paragraph. So just like anything nowadays, you can easily find all this information yourself from websites, videos, or your own personal experiences. In my opinion, based off the experience in this field, the K2 meter is easily capable of being manipulated. How? The easiest way is find the spot on the power switch, the sweet spot, and apply enough pressure on the switch so it appears fully depressed, but then, but the switch is making just the slightest contact. That right there is going to make and allow the individual using the device to manipulate the device, which will cause the LED lights to fluctuate, dance, and just give off kind of a light show in the dark. In my opinion, based off research and studies on how frequency works, radio frequency, and how you are not only measuring the frequency, but the strength of the field being produced as meters give measurements and micro tests. I can't even remember. In micro Tesla or milligas, milligals, you are measuring the magnetic flux. Therefore, it's well documented that no, the K2 meter does not, will not, and never be able to document a reading that can precisely state what hertz it is, where it's coming from, and if it is a ghost giving off such energy. I mean, think about it. When we die, our vessel falls, our energy becomes what many claim to be a spirit. If that's the case, then why do we at max, we personally, only give off 19 hertz? And that's when we're beyond scared. Anything higher than that, we would be we become dizzy, possibly hallucinate, faint, etc. If we're detecting spirits or energy from those who have already taken their last breath that reach between 50 and 20,000 hertz, wouldn't we give off the same amount while we're in our human vessel? And that's a question if you want to think about that. I know that chapter was a little bit kind of complicated probably, but if you keep reading it, if you do your own research, I know you'll understand it a lot more. And I get that it's easier to understand if you're just watching somebody on TV saying, oh, we're going to turn this on, and if it shoots the red, that means it's a ghost. If it shoots up any bit, that means it's a ghost. It's completely false. I hope that chapter kind of made sense. I know if you keep reading it and reading it and reading it, it will. And like I said, it's very short. That was actually the whole chapter. Right to the point, explains to you what a K2 is. There's really no offense or buts about it. It's all factual. It's all scientific. It's exactly what it states. It's exactly what it is. And you can find all of this information yourself, literally with probably a 30-minute time to search the internet and just read it, it. It's pretty scientific. It's pretty basic. Now let's talk about that one's definitely longer. Um, let's talk about shadow people real quick. This is going to be chapter five shadow people. One of the most talked about topics in my opinion in the field of the paranormal is shadow people. 
If you've ever investigated a haunted location or too terrified to step foot inside the walls where many have taken their last breath, regardless, more people throughout the world have seen what we all call shadow people. Many cases happen inside the individual's home and always appear out of your peripherals. These silhouettes are rarely documented, but many cases have been documented through experiences and experiences only. For most individuals that believe, shadow people are what causes sleep paralysis. Sleep paralysis is a state, and I'm reading you the definition right now of what sleep paralysis is. So this is not my definition of it. This is the actual definition of what sleep paralysis is, okay? Sleep paralysis is a state during waking up or falling asleep in which a person is aware but unable to move or speak. During an episode, one may hallucinate, hear, feel, or see things that are not there, which often result in fear. Episodes generally last less than a couple of minutes. So with that being said, also, those who have witnessed these beings believe that shadow people are living in a parallel universe which feed off your energies when we're negative or depressed in order to take more control over your emotions. It's also claimed that those who see these figures indicate that they're about to die as if these shadow people are the grim reaper of some type of sort lingering around, just waiting for that individual to pass away. Those who have experienced such entities claim that they tend to be time travelers as well, who come back to view people and take notes. So, Whatever your opinion may or may not be with them, there are so, so, so many theories based off what shadow people actually are. And being that nobody's ever really just stared at one, I know there's a bunch of mediums listening right now telling me that they stared at him and they're probably staring at one right now, telling me, you're a liar, I'm looking at one right now, and I can see him, he's staring back at me, and this is exactly what they are. And He just walked through the wall into a new world and came out the other side. Okay, so let me finish the chapter. Shadow people have been more known to attack you emotionally rather than physically. There has been no substantial evidence to support those claims to where these figures have caused harm to anyone other than emotionally. People get depressed, anxious, and fearful. A heightened emotional state and or sleep deprivation has played a key role as people who have experienced these psychological conditions have noted a correlation although that doesn't fully explain why so many claim to see the same thing known as shadow people. Our peripheral vision is basically designed to play tricks on us because it's designed to detect motion and movement, not detail. So it's likely that you could, so it's likely that you can make mountains out of molehills or shadow people out of shadows if you're in the right mindset. I'm not going to read you my theory on these. You're going to have to kind of wait for that. The, the next paragraph is, my theory, and it's I, – I really want to read it to you all right now, but I can't give you everything away. I really just can't. Like I said, the book will be available in June this summer, and very affordable. It's not going to break the bank. It's not going to be expensive at all. The, the most part, I'll probably just get hard copies, sign them, and send them out to people anyways. But I want you to definitely pick it up. It gets more in-depth. I'm just giving you kind of a taste and a test and, and, and like a teaser of what these are about, more of the, more inside my mind rather than just constantly posting on Facebook where people don't click that see more button to make it larger or it's too big and they don't want to read it all. So that's pretty much it. I wanted, I wanted to read it to where people hear me actually reading it and not just reading a Facebook status and picking out the one little sentence that they see just to argue with me or debate with me or debate with themselves. So definitely pick up the book guys. It will be available in June 
Now, Space and Spirits, Chapter 6. I could probably, what, read to like here? Okay. So, Chapter 6, Space and Spirits. Space, an untamed, unknown realm of possibility which brings to mind and question, are spirits in space? Humans are. Think about it. We exist. We are humans, and we are on planet Earth, which is in space. When you look up, gaze upon the stars and the planets that are visible, you talk about looking into space, not realizing that you yourself are standing on a planet, spinning 460 meters per second, or roughly 1,000 miles per hour in space. Trees, animals, grass, clothes, vehicles, they all exist in space. Why wouldn't spirits? With that outlook, if spirits do realistically exist, Why would they not be in space? Let's think deeper. Spirits are an individual soul. It's our consciousness and emotions. Your spirit doesn't have shape. It has no characteristics or form to mold to except when inside a vessel, your body. Being your spirit is whole within your body. Every part of you is whole with consciousness. Your pinky toe to your elbow and the top of your head is whole with your spirit. As mentioned above, being we are in space, your spirit is within you. Then it states that, yes, spirits are in space. But what about the space that many see when they look up? Are they traveling past stars, other planets, and galaxies? Given my years of experience, spirits do not exist in space. As mentioned above, our spirit is inside our vessel. When we walk to the store, our spirit goes with. When we travel to another state by plane, our spirit goes with. When we die, our bodies lie lifeless. No energy, no soul, and no spirit. Although our consciousness does exit, as our consciousness is a form of spirit. But where does it go? Many believe it exits to heaven, which is up, just as space is based off our visual perception. However, taking religion out of the equation, have you ever been to a place that you have never explored but feel the connection with that location, knowing deep within that you have been there. Were you born with a birthmark or a specific part on your body that if now punctured, you would die without medical attention? Have you ever felt like those in your family are not your immediate family? That's because your consciousness never dies. It it explores into another vessel. Our consciousness is older than time. You have been to that location. You have... Hold on, guys. I'm sorry. I got to turn up. My computer got dark. That's because your consciousness never dies. It explores into another vessel. Our consciousness is older than time. You have been to that location that you've never explored, but feels as though you have. That birthmark is on that specific part of your body because the object or animal that punctured your previous vessel, your consciousness and spirit, it's a reminder of how you passed or was injured, which is now what causes you to fear certain things. The family you were born into is your birth family, although your spirit and consciousness knows otherwise. We all have experienced these sensations at some point in our lives, every life we've lived. I'm not talking about reincarnation where we transfer from one body to another after passing or becoming a certain animal that lingers around familiar territory. I'm talking about consciousness in your spirit. The sun can shine through a forest, but the light is not divided. If you chop off your finger, The finger dies and no longer has life, as your spirit cannot be divided. You cannot chop off a piece of your soul or your consciousness. And 
I don't know if I want to read this one. Uh, not going to read it. Not going to read it. All right. We're going to skip to the last one now, which is mediumship. This one's super fast. For those that did tune into my live on Facebook last night, I or yesterday, when I, whatever time it was yesterday, I did read this. I read this part on Facebook. Very short. This is probably the shortest one. I'm going to add on to it for sure. And this pretty much just represents mediumships and mediums. I'm not going to get into why I believe mediums are fake. I did that on Facebook. You can easily search me, uh, my name on Facebook. Add me. The video is still up as far as I know. And you can watch the live. You can see my opinion on them and just does it. So chapter seven, mediumship. What do we know about mediums? It is... It is said that they bridge a gap between the living and the dead. They have abilities in order to raise their vibrations to speak to the other side. They also represent a system of belief and or religious practice known to many as spiritualism. Are human beings capable of being born with gifts that have caused them to have a uniquely wired brain, allowing them to not only speak, but to hear the consciousness of the deceased? Personally, throughout my years of being involved in the paranormal field, dealing with spiritual beings, both living and dead, I have yet to see one medium that has successfully been able to speak to a conscious, consciousness form of intelligence that lingers around my presence. The cause and effect that mediums have on others who submit their vulnerability to such belief is life-changing for the client. Regardless of what's being said to the paying customer, as long as he or she feels what's being said is relatable to what's occurring in their life, they leave fulfilled. So pretty much the vulnerability of an individual, they want closure for something. So of course they're going to believe somebody that's titled a medium because why wouldn't they? They want closure. Now I can kind of give an example. My grandma and grandpa passed away. I didn't rush off to a medium to find closure and it doesn't make any sense to like, you don't have to be a medium to feel energy. Everybody in the world can feel energy because it's within our bodies. It's how our brain is wired. And if you go up, to the other chapters and I talk about the hurts that we actually do give off into the atmosphere. If that energy is lingering around, lingering around you, you're going to feel it. It's just how it is. You get goosebumps. The hair on the back of your neck stands up. The hair on your arm stands up. You get the sensation that somebody's watching you and nobody's in the room. That's because that's consciousness energy. It's right there with you. What do you need closure for? Do you think that these mediums are getting secret messages that you can't, what makes them so divine and so powerful that they have these abilities? Because let's face it, if they truly had these abilities, guys, truly 100%, wouldn't they be all over the news? They'd be the number one thing in the world. They would literally be speaking to dead people. The paranormal would no longer be the paranormal. It, 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 it would be the paranormal is the unknown. A lot of people think the paranormal is just ghosts. It's the unknown is what it is. But if this was true for mediums, it wouldn't be the unknown anymore. They would know about it. They would sit there and be able to talk to these dead people and tell them exactly what it is that it's like. They'd be able to paint the picture, paint a vivid, clear picture. So it doesn't make sense for mediums to sit there and be like, oh, I'm channeling your grandpa or your, gra or your grandfather or your dad, your mom, your brother, your sister, a loved one. And this is what they wanted to say. And it's always, I love you. You're doing amazing. I'm proud of you. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Like, that's the stupidest shit in the world because why do they always say the same shit? Why wouldn't they say anything that like, no, you suck. Like you're doing horrible. How many, cause get this. 
how many people have had their parents or grandparents or whoever raised them disappointed them? And that's how they motivated them. They said, no, you, you need to do better, do better, do better, do better, do better. A lot of people have had that in their life, whether they want to admit it or not. But yet, when their family dies or that member dies, they go to a medium. What's the medium say? They just want you to know that they're so proud of you. And they love you. But that's bullshit. Because the whole entire time while they were alive, they were saying, do better, do better, do better. You suck. So it just doesn't add up. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And plus, no medium has ever documented anything whatsoever. And in this field, and I've preached this so many times, it's not a sport. However, it's a spectator's field. And you have to have proof for people to lay eyes on it. Without that, you have nothing. You have no proof. And, again, it's not a sport, but it's pretty much like a sport. I mean, think about it. We have teams. All these people have paranormal teams, right? All these the, the TV shows with the titles of them, Ghost Hunters, Ghost Adventures, this, that, Ghost Chasers, whatever you want to call your, your paranormal team out there in the world. And there's NFL teams. There's NBA teams. There's MLB teams. There's hockey teams, right, just like paranormal teams. These sports teams, they go to another arena and they play – either home or away. What do paranormal investigators do? They travel to another state and other places and they go to a location. They film, they show it. It's the same concept. So this is a spectator's field. And if you're not going to show anything that you've given, then why talk about it? That's like cutting off all sports during COVID, right? Nobody's going to show any sports, but let everybody, right? Pretend that there really was no sports going on, right? At all. But let's pretend that they were still playing, but you couldn't watch it on TV or nothing, right? All of a sudden, you go to the bar. Your buddies are blah, 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 come over. You sit there, and you see on Facebook, oh, man, did you see so-and-so throw that pass and catch it? Oh, well, no, I didn't see it, but I heard about it. It's going to be like the game telephone. You're going to be like, oh, I heard he did this. I heard she did this. I heard that happen. I heard this happen because nobody watched it. It's the same concept. You sitting there saying that, oh, well, I saw this, and I did this, and I caught this, but it died, and it did blah, blah, blah. That, that, that makes no sense. It, it doesn't make any sense. It's not interesting. Nobody cares. And... That's kind of it, and I know a lot of people think that they people do care, but I think people just aren't accustomed anymore to hearing the truth. They want to be fabricated to, and they want to be sugarcoated to with a Band-Aid to pretend that people really care because all in all, and I know right around this, this is when a lot of callers probably hung up, but that's the reality of it. It, it's, it is a spectator's field. That's really all I have to say, guys. So I hope you really enjoyed the book. I'm actually starving. I haven't eaten anything all day except one bag of chips. So, so hungry. And there's steak downstairs. There's hot dogs downstairs. There's beanie weenies downstairs. There's all the food in the world downstairs. So, but I wanted to do this podcast real quick because it was 9 p.m. And I wanted to share this with you. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions, please, please, please just message me on social media. Every social media outlet that I have, it's just my name, Stephen Arcantello. And uh, if you have any questions about this, if you want to know when the book's coming out, it's going to be coming out in June, at the end of June, and it'll be available all summer long, a bunch of different platforms. I'll have hard copies and all that. I'm going to add a lot more to these chapters, but I'm not going to add any more chapters. I am going to add more to them. A lot of them I did not read to you. For instance, chapter one, the orbs, factor fiction, I didn't even read that one to you. But a lot of the chapters I did read, keep in mind I didn't read the paragraphs, the, the last couple paragraphs, and there's some that I'm going to add to. So you didn't get a whole taste of it, but you did get a little bit. So if you have any questions, you want to message me, you want to you just tell me I'm a liar, you want to curse me out, you want to do whatever. Just feel free to do it. I love it all. Um, I'll accept it all. 
So with that being said, I have a very interesting show next week. I'm not really sure what I'm going to do it on yet, but on Monday or Tuesday at the latest, I'll know. I'm going to have the banner posted. You can go check out the real com to see that. Or again, subscribe to my YouTube, follow me on Facebook, go to Instagram, Stephen Arcantello. And that's a wrap. I will talk to everybody next week, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this same exact channel. Y'all have a wonderful weekend. Have a good night. And again, Tuesday will be the update on what next week's show will be about.